When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sort of pod like a raven. I am Antonio Pardera, and I'm here to talk about another Ravens preseason victory. They can't lose. They don't. They have no interest in losing a preseason game. We hope it translates to the regular season games. I'm joined by my two co-hosts. Starting first on the East Coast, Tim Horsey. Tim, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I, I liked the um, the muted intro like it was still a scream but it was more of a whisper scream because we're not in the preseason right exactly we're not in the regular season yet we're not ready for the but like a raven and it trails off into the end um but i'm doing well man i think do we just call them the invincibles at this point is that what we're doing with this or like the pre-invincibles the preseason invincibles i I don't know but uh ravens looked impressive Um, i'm ready to talk about it so i'm doing well my friend on the east coast jace Evans, Jace, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Antonio. As Tyus Bowser said, uh, if there's a scoreboard out there, we're trying to win. Love it. <laughs> and boy, did they. 20-3 to this week over the Panthers. That's 19 straight now for the Ravens. Jace, we used to call you Statman back in the day. Uh, that That's sort of fallen out a little bit here, but I know that you have a Statman stat for us about this preseason win and what it means for uh, for the Ravens. Yeah, so I obviously, like all Ravens fans, I've been following the streak and being like, wow, it's kind of crazy they've won 18 you know, preseason games in a row. Well, now it's 19, and with that brings a very odd uh, NFL record uh, the Ravens have now tied. They have tied the 1959-1962 Green Bay Packers for the longest uh, preseason winning streak Uh in NFL history, those are obviously uh, the first, uh, you know, four-ish seasons of Vince Lombardi's tenure uh, with the Packers in the late 50s, early 1960s. Uh, some pretty good Packers teams, for those of you who know uh, NFL history, a pair of titled, uh, titled teams in there. Um, so, 
Yeah, very strange that these Ravens have tied Vince Lombardi's Packers, you know, a team riddled with Hall of Famers uh, for consecutive preseason wins. I don't really know what it's... uh, I don't really know what it means. Um, it's very strange. They haven't lost a preseason game. The Ravens, obviously, no preseason last year, so they haven't lost a preseason game since 2015, which is, you know, it's it's been like almost six years since they lost a preseason game, which is a, a stat unto itself. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that's it's hard to to know what to think too much of it because every obviously every Ravens team, you know. There's some Rave, some Joe Flacco teams in there, but yeah, it's a, a fun stat for sure. So I turn to you, Tim, with the uh, impossible question. Then, what does this mean? It's we're past the point of it being a coincidence and just a weird, funky stat. It's too many games for it just to be something random. But it's not like the Raven. The Ravens almost famously are super vanilla during the preseason so it's not i don't think they're trying harder than all these other teams or showing more to win these games that are meaningless what does it mean is there anything to take away from this tim or is it just harbaugh he's a football tryhard that's all that's all we can say i was gonna say he's the guy at practice that in the oklahoma drill everybody's like all right let's just like go 75 percent and he's still going 120 trying to concuss you in practice um all jokes aside about John, because, you know, I think John Harbaugh, I should say. I'm not going to call him by his first name. Um, <laughs> I I personally take out of this the Ravens' consistent depth. Now, as Jace mentioned, there's a lot of mediocre teams in there towards the beginning. Those those end of the Joe Flacco era teams that we always famously say you kind of fall off at until the... Um, the Lamar Jackson resurrection of the Ravens, I guess, if that's how you want to put it. Uh, but I think it is just a, a team that knows how to build with good young players. Um, they always have a couple guys, as we're going to talk about here, undrafted rookies and stuff like that that they find who can make an impact. And that's kind of what I take away from it. The, the question that I have real quickly to throw back to Jace is embrace debate because Rod Woodson, I believe it was on the Ravens broadcast here, said that back in Vince Lombardi's days, they used to play like 12 preseason games or something, or something crazy. So is John Harbaugh's streak more impressive than Vince Lombardi's? Can we say that? Because I think we can say that. Uh, I I will be willing to probably say that, just in the sense that certainly preseason has changed a lot. Like, back in those days, you know, they just like played preseason games as if they were just regular season games almost, so... Like, you look at those Packers rosters, and it's, you know, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer just basically playing a game. Even though it doesn't count, it's, you know, it's the Packers roster playing a, a game. Uh, so it makes sense that they won that many games in a row, because, you know, they went, like, you know, 13-1 some of those years. Um, so it makes sense to me that that the Packers have that record. I, I do think this modern era is, like, you guys have said, like, Ravens, a lot of vanilla, a lot of, you know, not the greatest teams in there but i do think it speaks to just the ravens depth and uh yeah i think i think it's mighty impressive i mean just the length of time six years since they, they've lost a, a, a lost a preseason game it's 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 hard to it's hard to fathom in this latest edition of the ravens preseason they win as i said earlier 20 to 3 over the panthers we're going to get into what we liked what we didn't like, what was maybe uh, on the ugly side. But let's start with the positives first. Um, 
I have a few offensive names to throw at you guys and, and see what you think, but certainly not a, po- a lot of points early uh, in this game. I think five minutes into the third quarter, and it was 3-3 three to three still uh, with the Ravens' field goal coming at the end of the first half. But a couple of names that jumped out. First of all, Tyler Huntley uh, played the entire game, basically, let's say. Lamar Jackson with a ghost appearance. Uh, but 24 for 34 for Huntley for 187 yards. Looked okay. Looked, you know, made some plays here and there. Certainly nothing that, that jumps off the page. But Tyson Williams, uh, another back that the Ravens are just going to enjoy, that the Ravens fans are going to love if he could make this roster. Thought Tylen Wallace had a few nice catches, finally, after we've been waiting for his name to, to pop up. And then my uh, week one preseason guy to look out for, Josh Oliver, led the team uh, in receptions and yards with seven catches for 50 yards. He was targeted 10 times, so he was certainly in the mix a lot. That fumble that he had is probably going to give uh, John Harbaugh some more gray hairs. We'll see how that impacts his final preseason game. But but Josh Oliver looking like a solid potential third tight end for this Ravens roster. So, guys, offensively, what were some things uh, some things you liked, some players you liked in uh, week two of the preseason? I'm with you on Oliver, uh, Antonio. I, uh, I, it encourages me uh, where they stand now with tight end. I know we went into this kind of... Uh, off season was I think some genuine concerns at tight end. We have Mark Andrews, and you know Nick Boyle has basically not been a, a camp factor. They hope he can come back for Week One, but it seems like if he is back for Week One, it's going to kind of have to be an easing in for him. Uh, but I think you know Oliver that fumble aside, as you mentioned, um, which is kind of a good play by the Panthers. But that fumble aside. Um, yeah, it seems like you have you have a guy, maybe a second, ideally third, but a guy you can at least rely on to, to catch passes. As you mentioned, he led the team uh, in all receiving categories this game. The Ravens love their tight ends, um, so that was uh, uh, something I was genuinely encouraged. Especially, you know, we had a, a Mark Andrews, I guess, camp scare. He had some severe cramping this past week. Ended up actually uh, in, I guess, like the back of an ambulance. Didn't end up going to a hospital, but. Uh, you can never have too many tight ends for a team that has tight ends. So Josh Oliver, a very welcome development. And then the guy for me that actually popped the most is um, Tyson Williams. I, you know, this guy didn't have the, the craziest, most remarkable, uh, you know, college career in the world. He was kind of ho-hum career at North Carolina. He's uh, spent time uh, on the Ravens, you know, practice squad last year. Um but he has looked really impressive to me this season, and I, I, I wonder. I, I guess personally, feel like they have to. He's made enough plays to warrant being on this roster. You know, you can never have, especially for a team that runs the ball, especially the Ravens, like too many running backs. And he's just shown his ability to create. He has had some nice pass catches um, in this preseason, and then his touchdown run was just so much effort. Uh, in this game, you know, the final score to make it 20 to three, like that's what coaches are looking for, obviously. Right. in preseason and, and just his refusal to go down and running hard. And it's just, you know, it's the qualities you want to see from your third string running back. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I've been really impressed with him. To pick up on uh, Williams. And first of all, we are going to need to, and apologies, because I know I'm, he's probably a massive pot like a Raven fan. If it's Tyson or Tyson Williams, I I think it's Tyson just because of how it's spelled, but that's something we can leave 
for another day when he inevitably makes this roster, because I think he will. Um, I was reading Jeff Zarebeck today in The Athletic, and he made a really good point on Justice Hill, who a guy who just really has never shown it as supposed to be the third down back, scat back type guy. But Justice Hill is a very good special teams player, something the Ravens really value, and he's a good pass protector. He's in there for a lot of third down plays, even though if he's not even running routes. And for me, that is what we could see happen with Tyson Williams possibly getting cut from this team and all the Ravens fans going, wait, why? It's because they value Justice Hill more than we do. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's something to look look for. And if they think that Williams can play a little bit of special teams and can produce, uh, especially in pass pro, if they need him outside of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who doesn't obviously feature in a lot of third and long situations, I think Williams makes a team. Because what he showed as Gus Edwards' light, you know, the ability to break tackles, the up the field, get up and go type of um, type of offense that he brings. And then the run was awesome. I mean, you just, you got to love a guy who's putting it all out there for as long as he can um, to, to impress and try and make this squad. And I think he does. I, I really do. I was really impressed with him. Uh, shout out to Nate McCrary too. I was sitting here watching with a friend of mine and we both were like, are they going to keep both of these guys? Because Nate McCrary looked great as well. And you know what? I didn't even really hate the 18 for a running back. I thought it was okay. <laughs> McCrary led the team in rushing. Outside, We're talking about Williams. Williams, 10 carries, 47 yards. McCrary went 15 for 64. They both averaged around 4.3 and 4.7, respectively, when you start with McCrary. They're not going to keep four, obviously. They're going to keep three running backs. But McCrary's a guy who he might have earned a shot on another NFL roster. Um, you guys said everything there is to say about Oliver. I think the the one thing with him is he's definitely more Mark Andrews and not more Nick Boyle. So if Nick Boyle's back and healthy, I think it's Oliver's spot there as that third tight end. Uh, if he's not healthy, maybe they keep a guy like Eric Tomlinson, who is much more of the road grader, that extra blocker that the Ravens value in their running game. So that would be interesting, although I think Oliver did enough, and then I'm sure we'll see him uh, in the in the final preseason game too against Washington, that he, if he does a little more, maybe it's just too good to pass up, even if you don't necessarily have your blocking blocking guy, excuse me, to start the year. And that kind of leads me to Tyler Huntley. And I think you know Antonio, you pointed out the three guys for me that I think impressed the most. Anyway, Huntley didn't do anything special, but after the interception, there was a streak where I think he went like fourteen of fifteen. They showed the stat on the screen. It was a lot of checkdowns. It's a lot of throwing to the tight end. So it looks like a lot of Lamar Jackson, let's be real. And he stood in the pocket, delivered throws, and then was able to make the play when he needed to. I mean, there's the play where he's rolling left, getting tackled, and kind of flipping it out to Tyson Williams and ended up being first down or damn close to it for like a third and six or something like that. I think he fits what the Ravens need to do, and they can win – I think they can win a few games against some crap teams if he's in there, if Lamar's hurt or, you know, God forbid, gets COVID again, what have you, and they got to play him there. I'm not saying I'm super confident in him, but I think he protects the ball well enough. The interception came off the tip pass. He doesn't make the Hollywood play. You know, it's, it's check downs. It's, it's kind of Chad Pennington in your way down the field a little bit, but... Overall, I, I, w- I was really impressed with his stat line, especially after the interception where you go, 
oh god this guy's finally getting the chance to solidify the number two role this mistake happens how does he respond and he responded really well so it was encouraging to see yeah and from a what was very recently a third string quarterback i think it's normal to expect it for him to settle in after some time let him have a few series a few plays and then he played better as the game went along i i do like him tim as you mentioned trying to steal a game that we need against a bad team as a backup quarterback, and that's kind of the role that you need to be, where if your running game, with him included, can get 200 yards, that famous 200-yard number, and he makes two or three throws uh, in a game, they can uh, they can steal one with Lamar Jackson. You know, injured probably not. With COVID, possibly, or who knows what, what else, where he would miss a game. Jace, last week, the big question that we talked about to close out was this offensive line for the Ravens. Were they better this week? Did they improve, in your eyes, enough? Were they making little strides? Uh, do you think they're in the right direction here after seeing them uh, in one more game? Yeah, I, it certainly seemed like they were better. You know, Huntley doesn't get sacked in this game, which I think is probably a credit to him i think you should also to be fair you know saints probably a little better defensive front even without cam jordan maybe than the uh than the panthers have although they have a few nice young pieces but um yeah i I was generally impressed i at least in terms of uh from where they were last week i thought they took a step forward you know 167 rushing yards on uh 42 attempts 4.0 average maybe a little low for that many attempts but uh yeah, I thought I thought they were solid. I thought for the, um, you know to not give up a sack, I think was a big step. They dominated time and possession, so um, I, I think it was a step in the right direction. Certainly, um, you know, better than, than what we saw last week. I also think part of that might be Tyler Huntley, as you kind of mentioned. Like, uh, I think he, he certainly um, compared to an injured back from moving Trey McSorley or Trey McSorley, Trace McSorley. Um, uh, you know, when you're not injured QB, I think a little more shiftier, maybe. But, uh, like, he had one play, he probably should have been sacked right near the end of the first half where he made a nice little kind of diving throw to Tyson Williams out of the backfield. Um, so I think it's probably a little both. But I do think uh, the, the the line took at least a small step forward. And uh, some encouraging news, you know, uh, today as we record Monday, Ronnie Stanley, I believe, went through the full practice um, for the first time. So that's, uh, you know a must <laughs> for the Ravens to yeah I'm to tired I'm tired of Pat McCarry playing left tackle yeah so um when uh you know your all pro left tackle returns that make that'll 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 ease uh, I think any lingering concerns I have but I think it was a step in the right direction and you know not to, to have to put more weight on his shoulders but I, you also just feel better with Lamar back there and being able to to make something out of nothing, even if some of these line struggles maybe continue. So all in all, I think a positive, uh, if small step forward. We are, as we record on Monday, exactly, you're listening to this on Tuesday, obviously, but exactly three weeks away from the opener on Monday night. So Ronnie Stanley getting that full first practice in hopefully three weeks of that is uh, just enough to be starting <laughs> week one. Uh, against the uh, Las Vegas Rams. Guys, last couple of positives before we turn to uh, what we think needs work here. Anything else you guys liked on either side of the ball? Well, if we're going defense, and first of all, before the, the, the three commenters get at Antonio, he knows it's the Raiders, even though he says the Rams. Back off, everybody. Calm. 
Oh, did I say Las Vegas Rams? You did. Which I kind of... Oh, these te- Tim, like these teams more. are all moving too quick for I me. Know, I can't I keep track of all the movement. We're getting too old. Uh, in terms of good, and I mean, you were just trying to try and fly right by the defensive side of the football, and I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> I think Deshaun Elliott might break out and be a star this year. Um, this is overreaction Monday. I know it. Hand up. I get it. Watching that guy fly around the football and make tackles, even on plays, there was a quick screen pass where he kind of over-pursued, still got the guy and brought him down, so it wasn't a huge chunk play. He makes the massive play on the goal line as well. I've talked about him before. If you listen to this podcast, you know you're going to go, Tim, you're taking crazy pills. You're, you're looking with the purple-tinted glasses. I completely understand all of that. He looked like a mini Buda Baker out there. He was always around the line of scrimmage. He is very much a run playing safety. Excuse me. He can play, obviously, he can play a little bit in coverage too. He makes plays back there. It's one thing we talked about with him and Chuck Clark that they're not the best, you know, center fielder, Ed Reed type safety guys. They're both more of run stuffers. But I thought Deshaun Elliott was awesome. And I think that he's a guy that Wink can move around, he can hide him behind people. He can send him off the edge. He can send him on a delayed blitz up the middle. He can send him all these different ways. And I think it's going to be, um, I don't know. I'm very excited to watch Deshaun Elliott play. It was one of these questions we had last year. They raved about him in camp. You would expect them to rave about him in camp after the other starting safety got caught in a bed with his brother and another woman. I am excited to see him progress in in year two, um, uh, starting for this team. And if he does develop, it's a sixth-round pick out of Texas that shows out. I think, I think Chuck Clark was a sixth-round pick out of Virginia Tech as well. A late round, anyway. I believe it was sixth. Um, that duo, and I know it's not the flashiest duo in the, in the league, obviously, but I, I call it the same number. I know Buda Baker now wears three. He wore 32 last year. They both kind of love putting on, like, the forearm bands and everything. They both are missiles to the football. So maybe it's just me trying, like, just – because of that and watching both of them so much, it's osmosis in my brain. And I think like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to be like Buda Baker. I don't know. I was thoroughly impressed with Deshaun Elliott uh, on Saturday night. And it got me so excited to watch him fly around in regular season. I, I think he probably is the most like exciting, quote unquote, uh, defensive player the Ravens have these days. He's certainly, you know, pound for pound, the biggest probably hitter. Uh, pound for pound, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh from the back end there but yeah you were so right Tim. like the tackle for loss on fourth down he has a sack he finishes with four total tackles two tackles for loss sack you know he didn't play all that long so um obviously kind of rebuilding panthers team but if he could carry sort of that into the season and as you said the only real kind of question marks i think we left last season with is uh him and uh chuck clark's ability to produce interceptions so if they are able to do that while also you know flying around it could be a fun year in the uh, the Ravens secondary for sure. Yeah, and Antonio. one other guy too. I'm oh sorry, Antonio. I just want to say, talking about thumping real quick. Malik Harrison's a thumper. I think he's perfect next to Patrick Queen, and we saw it again. Continue. Uh, no, I'm just gonna say the the Deshaun Elliott situation of last year. It's good to remember the ro- the role that he was thrust into and when he was thrust into it based on what kind of player he was at the time and what his status was being a late-round draft pick, suddenly having to be a starter. When you use that lens, he had an above-average season. I mean, just looking at him as a football player, I think most outside analysts would say he was he was average, you know, as, as a safety. But 
given the role that he had to jump into, I think he did really well. And now he has a full other off season, a real off season to actually prepare, uh, to be a starter and, and to, to settle in. And he's looked really good in these, uh, first couple of games as, as a, hopefully a playmaking defensive Raven, which we could certainly use, uh, Malik Harrison, another speaking of thumpers, Tim, I like Malik Harrison as well. Anything else defensively that you guys liked um, before I, I sort of use Malik Harrison to turn into the really the biggest sour uh, note uh, of, of the game? Okay, well, we know what you're getting to. So before we get depressed, I want to get happy very, very quickly. I love a good fat guy celebration. It is one of my favorite things of all time. The seminal movie, The Replacements, taught me that if you get an offensive lineman uh, who was a former sumo wrestler wrestler, excuse me, to do like the sumo wrestler entrance, that is probably the coolest thing ever. Um, you know, the, the John Madden legendary quote, legendary because it's like my family's favorite movie for whatever reason. Don't at me. I know it's corny. Of, oh, you get a fat guy spike and then you get a fat guy dance. There's nothing I enjoy more. So Chris Smith, who recently signed for the Ravens, gets the sack not going to lie, he's listed as an outside linebacker defensive end. He don't look like that to me. And maybe it was accentuated by the fact he's in the middle, he gets this sack, and what does he immediately go to? Sticking the belly out and rubbing the belly. That's great, right? I'm I'm already off the couch, hooping and hollering, high-fiving people, clapping, and just like, there's nothing better than a fat guy celebration. And then, and then he doubles down, and he goes... He doesn't eat the W like Jameis Winston because that's just disgusting, <laughs> frankly. But he just does a little KFC, a little finger-licking good. And he puts – it's kind of gross, but you know what? I, I like that he went all the way in on the bit. The tip of his gloves in each finger into his mouth. <laughs> Sorry if that sounded gross, uh, Pod Like a Raven <laughs> listener. It, it was just absolutely incredible. And I hope – because Chris Smith, probably not going to play a ton. If he does, great. And if he gets to celebrate like that, great. Let's incorporate this. Brandon Williams would be a great fat sack guy or fat guy celebration guy. I don't even know what we're going to label it at this point. Calais Campbell, 6'8", doing the finger licking thing through that face mask. Are you kidding me? Derek Wolf is probably too cool to do it. I don't think he'd do that. Um, he's probably doing like some weird mountain keto or something. So he's not all about like the finger licking good stuff. Uh, but just, I just... It was such a fun moment, and I'm glad that I rewatched the highlights today because I almost forgot about it, and I wanted to bring it up on the show. Um, there's just there's just nothing better. There's nothing better than a fat guy celebration in football. Little uh, ASMR on uh, this week's pod, like a raven for the listener out there. Uh, but so if you guys are feeling if you're feeling jovial and uh, and laughing around, time for me to bring you guys down because the only thing, guys, that you do not want in a preseason game is an injury and a serious one. And the Ravens, because they haven't been plagued by the injury bug enough, are bit again with LJ Fort tearing his ACL. He was placed on IR today on Monday. He will be out for the entirety of the season, leaving the uh, inside linebacker core uh, a little depleted. So that is certainly how I will kick off the the bad of, of this last Ravens game. Guys, Harbaugh has said he's not concerned about the depth at linebacker. Are, are we concerned about the depth at linebacker without what was basically the maybe the surest tackler on the team last season in LJ Fort uh, no longer being in this lineup? 
That's what I'm concerned about. It's, you know, you draft Patrick Queen in the first round. You draft Malik Harrison in the third round, I believe, Tim, right? Uh, So, um, you know, the plan is for these guys to start. And it seemed like Malik Harrison was kind of trending uh, towards that direction. But now it's kind of sink or swim time for for these, these young linebackers. And my concern, I guess, comes from if, they sink uh and you know they have these games against guys like derrick henry etc where you gotta you gotta hit and you gotta wrap and you gotta be you know defensively responsible i don't think you know lj fort's not like the greatest linebacker but to your point he was almost certainly the surest tackler on the ravens for you know the last parts of the last three seasons um so as long as like it mainly comes down to Malik Harrison, and Tim mentioned he's a thumper. So if he can keep it up in a in a full time role, that'll ease a lot of concerns. But it's always a problem, you know. They don't have a lot of depth there anymore now. Like you know, they were kind of middle linebacker was kind of two or three guys anyway. So you know, it, it's up to it's up to Queen. It's up to Malik Harrison. They're just going to have to play big minutes, and they're going to have to, you know, they're young players, but. They have to adjust, and they have to kind of step up into, I guess, the leadership void, if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's certainly a big blow. You know, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll ultimately like it's not going to be the reason. Like, I don't think LJ Ford's injury is the reason. Like, the Ravens like miss the playoffs or anything like that. But I think on a play to play, game to game basis, it it could have you know impacts here and there for sure. Uh, yeah, and not to bring levity to the situation. It is unfortunate that three six mafia is now gone. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was kind of gone anyway, right? Because, like you said, Jace Malik Harrison, it was kind of a surprise to me. Starter and that first depth chart, he has started both games here um, before. You know, obviously, even before LJ Fort's injury. I, you make a great point, and Antonio, the point you made about him being the surest tackler on that side um, in that team. Jeez, there's my soccer talking can't be over or underestimated, I guess. It, it, he was always a guy we talked about when making plays when you needed to. He wasn't going to show up in the stat sheet, yada, yada, yada. But I, I've liked what I've seen from, Har- from Harrison so far. And, and the only other thing I really have to add is they love Chris Board. They love Chris Board. They Chris Board was Chris Board. <laughs> Chris Board was starting games last year. And we were on this podcast like, we're the idiots. We know. We are the fans. We are not the coaches. But what the hell are we doing with Chris Board starting there? This is a, a big chance for him, again, because he is going to be – they're going to rotate those guys. You know it. Queen's going to play a lot. Harrison's going to play a lot. But they're going to have to rotate those guys in and out. Uh, Chris, Christian Welch is nothing more than a special teams player for me. He's the fourth middle linebacker on this team. So now Chris Board is going to get plenty of opportunities and. I don't know. I'm not going to try and sit here and just be like fanboy because this is just a pod like Raven is a Ravens podcast, but they really believe in him. So for the time being, I guess I have to, too, even though I think I've already kind of seen enough. The problem I see, Jace, that you were circling is you have two young starters. And yes, it's sink or swim for both of them. But it's kind of also sink or swim for them individually. Now, if if even one of them has stretches where they struggle, that's going to be a giant hole on this defense that you can't just plug with sort of like the definition of 
dependability in, in LJ Fort. You now have to replace that struggling player with a guy that the pod, like a Raven crew, is still a little bit unsure of and still <laughs> questions a little bit of what what's potential and what's real ability. So, oh man, they can't get hurt either. You have to get not 16, but 17 games out of two young players who have never played certainly that many games in their in their careers. I mean, obviously no NFL player has with an added 17th game, but these are guys who were recently in college playing 13, 14 games, now went to 16, and now will go to 17. And you just hope that it sort of holds up and that they play extended time, play the full season, can tackle for 60 minutes in a game. That was another issue with the tackling was... First quarter tackling and fourth quarter tackling were two different things for for both of those guys. So we will see and just hope that this uh, sort of Ravens defensive development continues as as it has, uh, you know, for the vast majority of our lives, really, as Ravens fans, and that they can sort of stay stay solid over the full season. Guys, other things that you thought were uh, either issues or or players that you didn't love their performance uh, over this past week, and the only thing I'll add is that the chunk plays were still there uh, on the defensive side. This will happen more in the preseason when you have second string, third string guys, players that haven't played uh, together very often. But still, there were a couple of holes uh, and some chunk plays given up that that hopefully they can uh, patch up as they get closer to the regular season. But anything else that you guys want to go over that you didn't love this weekend? Talk about not being a fanboy. Um, I want to talk about James Prochet. James Prochet is the only person that we've really heard about in training camp, I feel like. Every report. And, and good for him. He's, he's out there working before and after practice. He's schooling Marlon Humphrey in practice. He's, he is very much improved. And it, it, he has become the training camp darling. They put him on the social media posts. He is the guy on the posts, like, game day, on the Ravens thing. And he even commented, which I thought was sweet, like, look, Mama, I made it. I'm on. I can't believe they put me on it. Very cool moment. I love the guy that has a drive and work ethic, and those are the type of guys that the Ravens love. And especially a second-year guy that I think they're not going to give up on somebody like that quite yet. But you got to do something in these games, man. And especially from a fan's point of view, he had a couple punt returns that didn't that went nowhere. He had two catches for six yards. He wasn't part of, from what I could remember, at least he didn't make any impact on the first, uh, what like first Ravens unit, quote unquote. He wasn't even a part of that. And if you don't know, the Ravens were missing a buttload of wide receivers. So the fact that he wasn't even one of the starting two or three guys out there is a bit concerning. Like I just. Conspiracy Tim wants to sit here and say that, like, the Ravens always have this one standout guy to, like, mask other things, and then they just quietly cut him, and you just, like, never remember, like, never think about him ever again. It's like the Clarence Moore would always light up camp and then just was terrible for too long. And, like, I look at the Ravens roster right now, and obviously, remember, some of these guys are still hurt, and I understand, you know, Rashad Bateman. Fully healthy, Rashad Bateman is over James Prochet. I don't care how good he is in practice, right? Hollywood Brown, the same way. I would say Devin DuVarnay is the same way, although I might just be higher on him. That's fine. Sammy Watkins, clearly up there. There's four. There's four. And you know what? I'll even take three if you, if you want to take DuVarnay out of it. 
But then you have a rookie in Tylen Wallace, right? A guy who Antonio mentioned at the start of this. Guy who catches everything. He hasn't really impressed either, but he's a rookie. And they get a little, just, just a little bit more leeway than a second-year guy who you've seen a little bit of. Then you have the Miles Boykin question. Now, Boykin hasn't practiced a lot. I think he's probably on the way out. But what he has going for him, if you look at these measurables... He is the only guy that has any sort of height to him outside of guys that we know aren't going to make the team. He's 6'4". He listed at 6'4", 220 uh, on the Ravens' website here. And is a special teamer and will play special teams pretty and has played it pretty well in the past. 100%, which is a massive factor. Thank you. That, that's a huge, huge role in this Ravens team when they're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Obviously, he hasn't practiced a lot. He's been hurt, and that has hurt his stock considerably, I would say. But I'm not ready to buy the Prochet hype yet. Like, I just, I, I love seeing it. And then there's pictures of him and they're, like, releasing the, the hype video in slow-mo of him mossing Humphrey or Peters. And you're like, that's awesome. Like, can you do that? And then you go into the game and it's just nothing. And he seems like a great kid. And, like, he seems like a guy who's clearly driven. Like, he is, he's said he worked out, like, three times a day, every day, all off-season. Like, just... Wanting to make the team, wanting to make the team, wanting to make the team. And Harbaugh clearly loves that crap. It's not crap. I shouldn't say that. But I just, I'm not, I'm not here for it yet. Like, I'm not here to, I'm not, I'll put it this way. I'm not writing James Prochet onto the 53 yet. And I think a lot of people are because they're just looking at every, what everybody's reporting at camp and like, well, they, they really love him. I hope he makes the team. I hope he's successful. I hope he can help this Ravens team. But I just, I don't see it quite yet. Yeah, I mean, Two two catches for six yards in a preseason game, and where you mentioned Tim about every one of their what should be actual starting wide receivers were out. That's not that's not a great look. And then you mentioned Tylen Wallace. He probably had, you know, what probably was the best offensive player of the day for the Ravens outside of the Tyson Williams uh, touchdown run with that nice little kind of spin and run down the sideline. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel you with James Prochet. You know, we we saw him scratch several times late last year. Kind of just they moved Devin Duvernay, kind of consolidated him into the punt returner and kickoff returner. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I see where you're. You know, I honestly I didn't think too much of him uh, before we sat down to talk. But to that's the point. But that's, that's the, the point. problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he has such, or he has had such an opportunity with all those injuries that you guys have mentioned to outshine players who just aren't going to get the reps, aren't going to get the minutes because of the injuries. And he, it's a shame in what is going to be just a confusingly crowded room without really any (laughs) star at all. But there's 11 different guys (laughs) that are all fighting for a legit spot on the roster. So we will see, uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, we're going to close the book on, on Ravens Panthers, uh, it's preseason. Enough of this. Uh, and we're going to turn now to the random Raven. Jace is up this week before we turn to uh, a few NFL topics. But first, Jace, who do you have for us with the random Yeah, Yes, so I don't think this one's the hardest one we've ever uh, had. But we haven't done this guy, and he kind of ties into a current uh, event in the NFL, which you'll find out in one of our clues here. So, uh, clue number one. This player was drafted by the Ravens in the third round of the 2010 NFL Draft. The pick the Ravens used to draft him was one of the three picks they acquired when they agreed to trade their first-round selection on draft night to the Denver Broncos, who used that pick on Florida quarterback Tim Tebow, who was just cut as a Jacksonville Jaguars tight end. 
clue number three. This player appeared in 60 games for the Ravens over four seasons, making 44 starts. He caught 111 passes for Baltimore for 1,178 yards and seven touchdowns. Totals that incredibly put him in the top 25 for the Ravens in all three categories. <laughs> That's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, and then our, our final clue, I have the bonus clue uh, that ties into clue number two later if you need it. But um, after wearing number 83 his rookie year, this Oregon product wore number 84 for the remainder of his career, which included stops with the Carolina Panthers where he appeared in a second Super Bowl and the Seattle Seahawks. I didn't know the Tebow thing. I'll say it now because it's obviously not this guy because you're talking about catching passes. My, I immediately went, oh, yeah, Terrence Cody, because he was the second selection in the 2010 draft, and our first selection was a second rounder. I remember I was at my ex-girlfriend's uh, prom and was not paying attention to that. And <laughs> well, you see how that ended. Uh, and <laughs> he's the second selection, but they were both second-round picks, so that threw me off. But well, so that w- so we had two number twos. I'll get to the bonus now, then, because the the trade with the Broncos included second, uh, third, which is our random Raven, and fourth round picks. The second round pick turned into Sergio Kindle, yes, and the fourth round pick turned into Dennis Pitta. So that ended up working out uh, a little better. Fifty fifty on the uh, on that <laughs> between those two. Um, but yes, and then Terrence Cody, I believe, must have been like the Ravens' own second round pick. Uh, as well, Tim, because um, yeah, they had, they had two second round picks uh, and uh, a, a third that became a random raven, and a fourth that became <laughs> Dennis Pitt. Uh, so uh, a, a, a random raven's uh, full uh, top of the 2010 NFL draft there for Baltimore. <laughs> there is another clue that I want to give at the end because it's very obvious, but maybe for the listener who might be struggling towards the end, we'll give him we'll give him that one. Yeah, this, that's that's a good random raven. I've thought about using him a number of times because yeah, I uh, we hadn't, and I know it wasn't. It seemed to both have it, but with with the Tebow news, and I saw that uh, doing some research for a work thing, so I, I figured I, I filed it away <laughs> for our random raven. All right, let's turn now to the NFL. It's just pure preseason. I, I, there's not much to go over in terms of uh, games across the league, so I figured this week. Let's uh, spend some time looking at the AFC North, who the Ravens obviously will be playing six games against in this 17-game season this year. Uh, And I have three players to talk about, one from each AFC North rival of the Ravens, and it's basically a buy or sell. Uh, Is that, who who does that, Around the Horn does buy or sell, or PTI does buy or sell, or both of them do, or everything on ESPN is basically a gimmick called buy or sell, (laughs) but we're going to play it. Uh... Because because why not? So I'm going to start with the Steelers, name this player, and then I'm going to turn to you guys whether or not you buy or sell this performance, meaning much for the regular season. So I'm going to start with the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger had a near-perfect preseason outing in his debut. He did not play in the Week 1 preseason game. Went 8-for-10 for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Do you guys buy or sell? a potential big comeback season for him. And I say comeback uh, because it wasn't exactly like last year was a train wreck. I think the Steelers went 12-4, and four, but it was certainly a situation where their first half of their season was much different from their second half, and his body was different in the first half than it was in the second half. Um, a lot less 
they sort of started doing the, the dink and dunk offense there for the last couple months of the season. So with this uh, performance with him, he will probably not play in the third preseason game. So this is all we're going to see, 8 out of 10 with two touchdowns uh, in a comfortable performance. Do you buy or sell a potential strong season for him next year? This year, I should say. I am going to sell based off of this performance. Um, I That injury is just such a hard one for quarterbacks to come back from, especially quarterbacks Roethlisberger's age. And he says his arm feels better, but what, you know, what what athlete is going to say, no, actually my arm feels feels horrible, feels worse than it did last year. Uh, so he claims he feels better, but I don't know. I can't buy what he did against the Detroit Lions for anything. It's the Detroit Lions. They're going to be one of the three worst teams in the NFL on purpose this season, probably. Uh you know, they didn't even play Jared Goff in this game. They gained, like, 150 total yards until, like, the fourth quarter uh, the Lions did. And to be fair to Roethlisberger, one of his two incompletions was just a horrible drop by Eric Ebron after he did, uh, you know, some Ben Roethlisberger run around for 10 seconds and then find an open guy only to have his receiver just, you know, spike the ball uh, onto the ground like it was a volleyball. But I don't know. I, I just, I can't, I can't take what we saw at the end of last year even for most of last year it kind of just stopped working for them at the end and not think that's just the guy he is you know they turn over i believe it was four of their offensive line spots uh this season you know marquise pouncey retires you've been stalwart center for them for a long time their left tackle is now our right tackle uh and and i I don't know I, i i i just i have a hard time you know, believing he's gonna, if this is, because it seems like this is probably his last season. He hasn't really said it, but it's hard to imagine Ben Roethlisberger, you know, playing beyond this year. But it's hard for me to just imagine he's gonna come out and be the the Ben Roethlisberger that threw 40 touchdowns five years ago, you know? Like, I I, I don't see it. I'm selling. Sell. (laughs) I I mean, Jace said it all. I, I Somebody was losing their mind about the Ben Roethlisberger pump fake is back because he threw off a cameraman. The cameramen are in preseason two. Let's let's calm down, everybody, with that one. We've heard about there was a report of this Big Ben diet that's stricter than Tom Brady's that got immediately shut down because Ben still looks like Ben. We'll just put it that way. Uh, he could fit in my celebrations category if we want to say that as well. No, I don't see it. He's done. Like th- he is the he is the biggest thing holding down the Steelers. And look. Obviously, purple tinted glasses. I don't even feel like I need to say it anymore on this on this podcast. You know what you're listening to. I get it if you're the Steelers, right? There's no probably no better options. You might as well just give him one last ride. He is an absolute legend, Hall of Famer, yada yada yada. Hasn't won a Super Bowl in a very long time, by the way. But absolute legend, Hall of Famer, yada yada yada. But I don't. I just don't see it. He doesn't have the arm strength. They're going. They're after the debacle of the end of last season, they're probably going to give him more responsibility and let him do more of what he wants, which is throw the ball 50 times a game. And maybe they don't. Then, what is it, Najee Harris behind that offensive line? Najee Harris, great player. I, I was I was not as upset as Antonio when the Steelers picked him, but still a little bit of like, oh, damn, that guy's going to be a thorn in our side for a couple years. But their offensive line is terrible. And he's what? 70? Like, it, it, obviously I can, but he's close to it. I, I just don't see it. I'm selling. Sell, sell, sell. 
it was preseason, but the the Steelers managed to rush twenty seven times for seventy eight yards for a two point nine yards per carry average against a Lions team they led almost the entire time. So that seems not ideal. I'm uh, I'm just glad that you guys both sold. I I was sort of uh, maybe closer to the middle than the two of you seem, just because it's him and Pittsburgh and. Their worst case scenario was going twelve and four. Well, uh, can I throw an addendum? They're going to be good, course. and the Ravens are going to lose to them once. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, death taxes and losing at least a game to the Steelers is uh, sort of the Baltimore way. But um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are both confident that that he is not going to come back because I can't deal with another three team legit race in the AFC North. I, I want the Steelers to just finally have a losing record, which we have not seen, obviously, in the Tomlin era. But we turn now to Cincinnati, where my buy or sell for you guys is Jamar Chase, drafted number five overall this season. He had three drops in his preseason game on Friday, and then apparently had a couple more in practice over the weekend, and sort of uh, Bengals media is now uh you know is it panic mode for jamar chase does he have a case of the dropsies as a top five pick are you buying or selling this being a big deal for chase given how high he was drafted uh given the role that they expect him to have on this team and really i want you guys to buy this as a big deal just because he won't torch the ravens as badly in the neck over the next 10 years but uh i turn to you guys buy or sell i, I don't know We've got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. I'm not worried about a rookie wide receiver. I'll put it that way. But that being said, I'm still going to sell. I don't think this is a big deal. Um, I think I think the bigger deal is them not drafting an offensive tackle and still going with Jamar Chase uh, because, yeah, let's just shred the other knee of Joe Burrow. Why not? That'll be fun. Um, for me, look, I, I buy this as much as I buy James Prochet being a stud because he's blowing up – dominating practice so I, he's a rookie he's clearly talented whether he was overhyped I think is a good question I think that he might not be as good as in college he just physically out jumped the guys and was just a, he was a dominant force against a lot of guys who aren't NFL players and you can't that doesn't translate all the time um, and again maybe I'm just only listening to Nate Tice who is very very smart on these things and is not nearly as high on Jamar Chase as a lot of people are. Um, so I just choose to believe him because Jamar Chase is now a bangle, I guess. But, but in terms of the drops, no. I'm, I'm selling this. I think it will be a thorn in our side for, for a couple years, but I don't think... I'm not... I put it this way. I'm not worried about Jamar Chase, but I'm also not buying that you know he's going to be a complete bust or this is a big problem that he's dropping all these passes. I actually am going to buy this being an issue, uh, Tim, for the reasons you kind of laid out, is they chose this guy over Penaisal. That was basically kind of the choice it seemed to come down to, right? And they went with the option of adding weapons for Joe Burrow uh, versus protecting Joe Burrow. Now, with the caveat that uh, all these drops, at least the ones uh, in the game against Washington, um, and all three drops on third down... So that's not great. That kind of that kind of starts to feel like it's not just it's it's you know circumstance and uh, um, situation might be getting into his head a little bit. You know, on third down, you're like you have to catch this to convert, and then you don't. But you know, if he doesn't 
develop if like this somehow persists and yes as i mentioned joe burrow not throwing the ball to him in the the game against washington which you know couch that if he he's still dropping the ball when burrow uh is back there big problem but for now i still think you know if if it continues into the season this is a big problem for them because now they have a guy who can't catch and also their line still stinks (laughs) so um uh similar to you i guess this it's weird how these things develop this was not anything i read in the lead up to the nfl draft but now that the draft has happened and we've had months and you know guys do things like start to drop practices in preseason games you read things uh on Twitter about how, well, actually, Jamar Chase's uh, arm length percentile is in the bottom 20 uh, in the NFL. (laughs) And you say, like, why didn't I know about this before the draft? Why was no one talking about he has short arms for a wide receiver? But these are the things you learn after the fact. But might be nothing, but for the sake of uh, wanting bad things to happen to the Bengals so the Ravens have two freezy wins, uh, uh, two easy wins in uh, perpetuity, I am buying this as a concern. Uh, they should have drafted Penny <laughs> Uh He'll somehow, if it is an issue, he'll somehow end up as a Raven in like five or six years. He'll be, we'll trade for him or he'll have free agency and he'll and continue the drops problem in Baltimore. But Jamar Chase trying to revive career in Baltimore, <laughs> uh, July 2026 headline. <laughs> uh, all right, and then the th- I save the third one for last because this is really just. It, Tim, this one's for you, and I don't mean that in a like to be mean. I really just mean it like as I was thinking of Cleveland angles. Uh, you're gonna sell this like faster than like the real estate world is selling houses these days. Odell Beckham has reportedly looked sharp and quick <laughs> coming back from his ACL tear last season. Has not played in a preseason game, but he is on that side field doing those cuts and those slants. And the burst is just there, Tim. Are you buying or selling him being a problem for the NFL and the AFC North this season? Uh, NFL, I don't care. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, no, because his father wears number 44 on in purple, and that's Marlon Humphrey. Get the out of here, Odell Beckham. Sell, sell, sell. Jarvis Landry's the one I worry about anyway. You have an incompetent quarterback anyway. You have the best running back in football. You don't need Odell Beckham Jr. Just give him the ball. When he gets tired, give it to Kareem Hunt. Like, no, sell. Get out. It is strange. I similarly am not that worried about OBJ, and I don't know if it's... He made one catch. He made one catch. I'll say it. He made one catch, and he's got some sweet hair. And then he got got pouty, like all wide receivers do, and he went to Cleet... He went to Cleveland to join a super team. Let's see how that's working out for you. Just a bit of misery for years to come. No, he's overrated as all hell. He's now older now. I mean, like, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 30, and I'm going to do this live on the the air, I guess, as, as we talk here on a recorded podcast. Okay, he's only 28. He acts older than he actually is, and he still has so He's had a ton of injuries and stuff. I'm not buying it with Odell Beckham Jr., you wear the sweet number. You got the sweet hair. You made that cool catch one time that made Collinsworth almost um, family show in the booth. I'm fine. Like, whatever. He's, he, if he has, like, two touchdowns against the Ravens over two games, he'll be able to, like, flaunt it on Instagram or whatever. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> who cares? Nobody cares about you. Jarvis Landry has been the way bigger problem for the Ravens. Over he the is year. a problem. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he's, he's a good receiver. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, uh, yeah, Jarvis Landry or whatever random tight end decides to go off that game. That's usually been the uh, the Ravens' bugaboo against the uh, the Browns in recent years. I'm also selling it. I don't know. I've never, similar to Tim, I always, you know, Beckham's good. I do think he has been generally a little overrated based on one catch when you compare his numbers to, you know, guys like DeAndre Hopkins who make crazy catches every every week and continue to do so season upon season. Well, OBJ's numbers have basically gone down every year since his second season. But, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sell. I, I don't know. I People are a little too high on the Browns for my taste. Uh, and and I, I just think the entire history of the Browns suggests when this many people think they're good, they're, they're, they're hurtling towards uh, our first, the NFL's first 8-8-1 eight, eight uh, season ever. <laughs> I, I was gonna I don't know if I should just run away from this topic, but what what sort of numbers for Tim? I'm gonna I'm gonna try you with this one more time. What sort of numbers from Beckham would would you think would be like a positive like a comeback season for him basically? A thousand yards, more than that, less than that? I would say let's see. I'm to Certainly within that offense, because you're right, he's not the guy really on that team. Yeah, um, that's a good. But with seventeen games, of course, I'll say if he gets fifty thousand likes and Instagram posts, that'll be a good comeback <laughs> season for him. We will, uh, we will see that. Maybe week one. We think it t- week one, or just uh, at some point in the middle of the season week, when things are going to hell, one, and he posts the like cryptic message about like being in or out. He takes up the wing dings that Cam Newton started using. Uh, let's see. Their first game is against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, goody. I'm going to be in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bet my fake mortgage on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't even care what the spread is. Um, Yeah, I think after that one, they're going to get blown out by about 30. Then they face the Texans, and it'll it'll supposed to be a comeback game, but then Mark Ingram's going to rush for four touchdowns. They'll be 0-2. Baker will be talking to the media, and Odell will post some message about, like, not my quarterback. And then it'll be fiasco, and all the talk shows will have to be talking about him. But he's going to get so many Instagram likes that he's not going to care. He'll be, like, whispering to Deshaun Watson post-game about, like, <laughs> we got to try to get you to Cleveland. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right, well, that's it for, for buy or sell. Um Maybe we'll bring it back spirited uh, in a, in another in another week. Um, but for now, before uh, we get to the random Raven and get out of here, a couple of minutes, guys. There's one last preseason football game to play because there are only three this year uh, in this wacky new NFL schedule. And the Ravens play the Washington football team, the still unnamed Washington football team. <laughs> They're apparently working on a name. The Renegades, the Red Red Tails, Red Foxes. It, it's crazy not to sidetrack, but uh, cl- this isn't a baseball show. But Cleveland's baseball team has announced they'll change their name, unveiled their new name <laughs> in the time since over a year. Said like in the year plus since Washington said we should consider changing our name. It's it doesn't have to be as hard uh, as <laughs> this team is making it and. The new name's going to be so dumb. I, uh, at this point, I, I, I almost hope they just stick with football team. I've gotten used to it because it's been their team name for two years now. So here's my point. Here's my point. And I wanted to bring this up quickly, and Antonio's like, these MFers are just sidetracking us. It's the third preseason <laughs> game, Antonio. It's okay. Are we okay with football team? I'm, like, I'm just like, do it. 
Just do it. Yeah. Just have just have the numbers it's, on the sides of the helmet. Just be the WFTs, like NFTs. Like apparently those yeah, are the, things now. Just just embrace embrace being the weird uncle. Like embrace being the weird kid in the family. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, it's my turn to sell. Absolutely not. Every every team is a football team in the NFL. You can't have the. We're all the football teams. You Some know, of us have just like gotten a little bit clever with a team name. Antonio, no, that's fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But I will say hashtag WFT. That's that's like become a thing. It's a great uh, great tag. It's easy, simple. Yeah, you can put uh, one of those little emojis next to it. I don't know. They're. They're still a disaster franchise on Dan Snyder, so there's only so much that, you know, always so much lipstick you can put on that hog. You should name it the Washington Dan Snyder. The Washington Snyders, and then we'll see. With a pretzel as the at logo? This point, it seems like he's just trolling and has been for years. Yes. So just to get even more hatred from everybody, the Washington Snyders. But, all right, it's the last test this game for rookies, fringe guys, I have a name. I want to see more from Tylen Wallace. You got a little bit of a flash there with a couple of catches and a nice run after the catch in one of them. I want to see more from him uh, in this game before there's a few weeks off and the regular season begins. Any names that you guys uh, want to see succeed, maybe a fringe guy who you want to see make this roster, or as Tim mentioned, a, J- a Prochet-type guy that you want to see him you know, time to put up before the, the season starts. Yeah, uh, Prochet is one, as I talked about before. Um, I'd love to see Ben Cleveland play. We, as we record on Monday, he returned to practice. I, I would just like, like, Ronnie Stanley's not going to play, obviously, but I'd like to see a rookie who we all kind of penciled in as a starting left guard because we just liked how big he was, that he looked like the mountains. So we were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely going to start. Look at him. You can't get by this guy. He's a rookie who hasn't started a game yet in the preseason. So, like, let's let's see a little bit of that. I want to see him try and squeeze a helmet onto that giant head of his. And, like, I want I want the arms popping out of the shoulder pads. It looks like he's not even wearing shoulder pads. He's still just knocking dudes out. Um, so, obviously, clearly, I'm just going to stereotype for myself, picking the offensive lineman. And then the only other, only other one I'll throw out there, if we get a series, if we get two series, if we get a play, we going to see a little Lamar? A third preseason game, a little bit of a warm-up. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think they've said anything yet. And if, if they have, or if you know, you listen to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they, Lamar is speaking uh, on Tuesday, so he might have spoken by the time you listen to this, and they might have shut that down. But I'd like to see a series from him, that's all. And he's probably not going to, but it would be great to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate uh, you know, him not just going into week one on Monday Night Football <laughs> completely cold uh, from game action since we last saw him, you know, concussed on a cold winter's night in Buffalo. It would be nice to see him, uh, you know, back, back out there briefly. Um, I think for me, we mentioned him, but, you know, a few times. Tyson Williams, I'd love to see uh, him kind of... I, I don't know. I've just been really enamored with him uh, this uh, this preseason, and I'd love for him to, I think, lock in that like third running back spot. I know Justice Hill plays special teams, and that's so important for John Harbaugh, but... You know, I think Tim had mentioned he just has not done what certainly what I thought he could be when they kind of drafted him out of Oklahoma State, and you know, I think the production has shown from Williams in the preseason, and for a team that like you know likes to run a lot, uh, likes to run the ball, 
when they have big leads in the fourth quarter, which they've done a lot of the last few years, you need you need that third guy, and because uh, now Gus Edwards is the second guy without uh, uh, you know Mark Ingram, and we should say Gus Edwards, uh, I thought looked great and has a bus chain. How great is that? How did we not mention the bus chain? <laughs> oh no, we have failed as a podcast. I'm sorry. The bus chain might have been better than the fat guy celebration. Oh man. It was one of those two where you're doing the interview, right? They're doing the interview. It's Evan Washburn, who does a great job. I'm surprised they got him on the, the Ravens preseason stuff. Guess everybody needs work in the preseason. Good for you, Evan. But you're interviewing him, and I'm like, we're watching it. And it's kind of towards the end of the game. It's a little bit later at night. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? And my, my buddy next to me actually is the one who's like, he's wearing a bus on his chain. And, and immediately... I, I couldn't love Gus Edwards more. He is high, high on the ranks of the next Ravens jersey, and I'm not even joking about that. And that that might have put it over the top. I mean, mad respect to the Gus bus. And he kept a running back number, Tim. A nice oh. a nice 35 is uh, oh. such a football running back number to have on a jersey. Yeah, I agree with all that. Love the bus. Love Gus. And I loved his run runs they may have had two uh two nice one of ones. which was just your classic like break three tackles and have more yards after contact than anybody else which has been his calling card uh so yeah i loved it. i don't want to see gus bus in this game though you just rest <laughs> that you know you park that bus for a couple of weeks and then we'll see him we'll see him week one uh all right guys that's gonna do it we have to answer this random raven, so I'm going to turn to Jace now to give us these clues one more time, and I think uh, another surprise clue, Jace, for the listener. Well, we we kind of kind of dabbled on it uh, when we were discussing dra- draft picks of Ravens past, but uh, uh, clue number one: this player was drafted by the Ravens in the third round of the 2010 NFL Draft. The pick the Ravens used to draft this player was one of three picks they acquired when they agreed to trade their first-round selection in the 2010 draft on draft night to the Denver Broncos, who then used that pick on Florida quarterback Tim Tebow, back when he was a quarterback and not a cut Jacksonville Jaguars tight end. Uh, This player, uh, Random Raven, appeared in 60 games for the Ravens over four seasons, making 44 starts. He caught 111 passes for Baltimore for 1,178 yards and seven touchdowns, which incredibly is the puts him in the top 25 for the Ravens in all three of those categories. And then after wearing number 83 his rookie year, this Oregon product wore 84 for the remainder of his career, which included stops with the Carolina Panthers, where he appeared in a second Super Bowl in 2015 against the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks in his final NFL season. And then the bonus clues. The other picks, this player was the third round pick. The other picks they uh, received for Tim Tebow turned into second rounder Sergio Kindle and fourth rounder Dennis Pitta. A mixed bag. <laughs> Did they win uh, the trade? <laughs> I, uh, I have a name. Tim, if you have a name, if you want to go first, feel free to uh, take a stab at it. Yeah. It took me a while. It took For a guy that had those kind of numbers... Uh, it took me longer than I think it should have. Um, it, it took me. It took me the number. I didn't realize that he was in this 2010 draft. And obviously, like I said, I was on, I was on Mount Cody before Jace was talking about catching passes. Um, the only other clue I would give to the listener is that he was the tight end drafted before Dennis Pitta, 
and they came into the league the same time. If you would have asked me what year they were both drafted, I would have said like 2008. That's what kind of screwed me up until the number came along. But this random Raven, and I'm pause if that if that was the clue that the listener went, oh oh oh, I know who it is. Ed Dixon is your. It is Ed Dixon. Random Raven Ed Dixon. Uh, in a draft in which the Ravens drafted Ed Dixon and Dennis Pitta, the pa- New England Patriots also drafted two tight ends, and it was Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Stop. Hernandez. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Gronkowski could have been yeah, could have uh, been a nice fit for a franchise that has only thrown to tight ends, really. Well, uh, I think I knew this, and I looked it up in my research for this, because uh, obviously the Ravens needed tight ends. They drafted two of them in this draft. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, the 42nd overall pick to the New England Patriots, with the 43rd pick they received from the Denver Broncos, the Baltimore Ravens selected Sergio Kindle. Uh, so, could have would have been nice for Bill to let that one slip, but alas. That, an off-season topic we could do, and this this is really just us diving into Wikipedia and spending way too much time, um, but the what-if Ravens players, like Marvel's what-if, what-if Ravens players that they could have selected, and, and like... I'm not talking like, well, Tom Brady was the 199th pick. I'm like the guys who were like any range within five of the selection. I think that would be kind of interesting. They did I'm take a just QB. Take anybody outside of Matt Elam, really. That'll be where I yeah. go to first. <laughs> yeah. Not to dwell on the Tom Brady point, but they did draft a quarterback that draft. <clears throat> Probably a future random Raven, so I don't want to give his name away. <laughs> Chris Redman? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, we'll leave it. We'll leave him for like years yeah. down the road. Eventually, people uh, will forget that, <laughs> and we can use that as a random Raven clue when Tom Brady retires in six years. <laughs> I, saw, I think I saw a headline that today Tom Brady might have his best season at forty-four. Oh, and God, it's just, I, get us yeah. out of here, Antonio! Wrap it up. That's gonna do it here for a pod like a Raven. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about this last preseason game. And then it's no more preseason. Then it's all talk about the regular season. We're going to give you some season-long bets that we like, some props, the Ravens' uh, win total, some other teams' win total, maybe over-unders. And then the week after that, we will be officially in to week one preview mode for the Ravens against the Las Vegas Raiders, and not Rams. But for now, we're going to close up. And for Tim Horsey and Jace Evans, I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us, as always. We will be back next week on Pod of Thrills. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.